And you're you're you in particular, Josiah, are good at that because you always have been into stuff like Blink One Eighty Two, and you're sort of self aware that it's not necessarily cool, but you don't care. So it, yeah. it, it gives you this freedom to get into stuff like Mod Sun and just not give a shit whether it's good or bad at all. I think. I mean, I think it's like more about this kind of broader question of what does it mean for something to be good or bad. And yeah. I I don't know the answer to that, but I do know that you know when I started being a music journalist when I was like a teenager, I developed tools for myself of like how to listen to things, what I'm listening for, whether I like it or not. I mean, I don't have something tangible I can tell you, but I just mean in my brain, that's kind of how it developed into thinking about music and art. And then um, I just got so bored of it. And I got so bored of reading the same top 10 list from everyone every year. And I got so bored of like the way that music writers are just basically trying to get guest lists from uh, publicists and publicists run everything and you can't yeah, mock totally. certain things. You can't, like also I was, I was raised like reading Mad Magazine. So for me, like everything you write should be in service of being entertaining and funny and you should make fun of everything because there's something funny with everything. But anyways, like I just kind of, when I got jaded with all that, I just thought, what if I apply this way of thinking to things that everyone hates? And what if I like, what if I listen And it also started because I was making fun of uh, Dan Reynolds from Imagine Dragons on Twitter and he saw it and started like beaking back at me. And then I was like, do you want to come on my show and talk about Blink-182? And then he was like, yeah, fine, whatever. It turns out he was like going through a divorce that weekend. And that's why he was like, (laughs) I got under his skin. But he came on the show and he was like so nice and it was so funny and good. And he shared his ska band with us, his like from when he was a teen. And and then I was I was like, you know what? This guy's so cool. I'm going to like listen to these records. And like I had to listen quite a few times, but I found a lot that I liked about Imagine Dragons, like especially the album tracks are very interesting like strange, like kind of, it reminded me of like later Dirty Projectors stuff. Really? Like just very like, it's like just like so overproduced, everything's so gated and choppy and weird sounding. And yeah, I don't I know, I was just that. like, this is an interesting way to approach it. So then similarly, it was like, you know, I was telling you guys this earlier, why does everyone hate Greta Van Fleet so much? Like, I'm going to listen to it. So I reviewed their second album for Exclaim and like some of it's terrible, but there's some incredible songs on it too. And so it just kind of like became a thing. And the fact that, you know, it makes people so mad to love Machine Gun Kelly also <laughs> spurs me on, I think. But yeah, <laughs> there is something there's something genuine there, too. Like, yeah, I, I it's really a mixture. Do. There's a little like contrarian streak in you. But also when you actually engage with the Imagine Dragon guys in good faith, there is like a genuine human connection there, too. You know, exactly. And actually, it all kind of came to a head a few weeks ago because like I grew up in Western Canada like I listened to 99.3 The Fox, the alt-rock station, when Nickelback was like on their battle of the bands. Like grade five, I was like, I hate this band so much. I hate this song. It keeps coming on. Like this was when they, before they were even signed. And then, you know, as they got bigger, of course, in my 20s, I was like, I fucking hate Nickelback, just like everyone else. And then I think I was like one of the first person to be like, okay, this is Loki kind of like good, kind of rocking. <laughs> and then like they had like some ballads that sort of sunk their teeth in. Obviously like full blown country and I love Nickelback. I've listened to their albums a lot. And then like a couple of weeks ago, I, um, I responded to this. I live in Montreal now and this, some shitty Twitter account was like, uh, 
doing a giveaway for Nickelback tickets at the Bell Center, and you just had to reply with your favorite Nickelback song. Um, so I replied with Gotta Be Somebody, which is like such a sick pop song. And I guess the guy, the guy who like runs the website was like, oh, I looked at your Twitter and I could tell you're a real Nickelback fan because of your banner photo, which I've just pasted in here, is um, <laughs> this picture of Steve Aoki and, and Chad Kroger like pointing at the audience. <laughs> right? so, oh, nice. <laughs> so anyways, I won the contest and... Uh, it ended up being like third row seats at him. And like Nickelback, Nickelback seriously blew my mind. Like the fact that I've, you know, I've been inundated with obviously Blink-182 videos for the last six years. They've been, they have like canned piano and they refuse to get another guitar. So they have all these backing tracks and it's just, they're playing to a click. So everything is so slow. Like Nickelback, like if you heard a piano in a song, they had a guy playing a real piano. It was like a real rock concert. Like yeah, yeah. they were playing everything for real. Even the songs that are disgusting uh, sounded fucking incredible. And there was so much pyrotechnics. Like I was like, this is sick as hell. Um, well, so. if Nickelback is so cool, why is Avril Lavigne fucking somebody else now? Ooh, <laughs> good segue. Here. That's what I yes. have to say. <laughs> well, there's. I mean, that's. Yeah, let me tell. Let me tell you about Mod Son.